Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. It is the five-year anniversary of the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I am so appreciative and thankful for all of you who have tuned in all all these years. Even if this is your first time checking out the show, thank you, thank you, thank you. This week, you're going to hear from myself and one of my favorite guests, one of our more frequent guests, the well-respected Lavelle Porter. Going to talk about podcasting from a general sense and some things going on in wrestling today and also where we see the industry going in the future. In addition to that, I got a special treat for you from episode 102, legitimately one of our top episodes in Duke Loves Wrestling history. You're going to hear some of the bickering and back and forth that the Boston bad boy and I engaged in back then. Oh my goodness. You know, this guy's a big shot these days here. He's a big time producer. Um, He prefers to stay behind the scenes. You know, he's a little famous out there because of the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast. And you're going to hear why. So, once again, thank you for all of your support for the past five years. And here is to five more years. With that said, let's get on with the show. Welcome back. You know, you're basically a freeloader who, who sleeps on the couch in the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast. <laughs> you never put anything in the fridge, but you're always taking uh, something out. Uh, <laughs> the CEO <laughs> of BlackRabbit.com, the well-respected, the man that you can find on some of the more popular wrestling websites covering things. We're talking about the one, the only Mr. Lavelle Porter. What's up, Porter? You know... I'm honored to be here for the the five year anniversary, and uh, I resent the fact that you called me a freeloader. You know that, that my cooking skills more than make up the fact that I don't bring very much else to the table. So I, I resemble that remark. Well, listen, Porter. Would say. I, one thing I'm not going to do is lie to my audience. You've been promising me barbecue for years now, <laughs> and I'm I'm, I'm shocked. Okay, I am shocked because you've had some ham and eggers and some humanoids over your house for the barbecue. I am shocked that uh, the last time you and I were at a barbecue together, you weren't even cooking the food. So <laughs> let's talk about this, Porter. What the hell is that all about? Well, you say that you don't want to lie to your audience, but you just told the biggest lie of all. I don't think I've ever actually invited you to my home before. You've invited yourself multiple times, <laughs> and I've managed to avoid it. <laughs> listen, like, listen, uh, I moved. I don't, I don't live there anymore. I actually still live in the last place you saw me. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I just told me, you I moved. Let me uh, act like the guy from Restaurant Impossible. Shut it down. Time to shut it down. All right? You, you, you're telling too much now. <laughs> what a fool. What's up, man? How you been? You know what? I can't complain. Uh, actually, I could complain, but this isn't a, uh, you know, Lavelle complains about the things that are bothering him podcast. This is Duke Loves Wrestling podcast. But no, I mean, it's just been t- a tough year for everyone, you know, dealing with uh, the, the lockdown and COVID and, you know, that's touched everyone's lives and in various ways, mine, mine as well, um, in ways that, you know, uh, I wish they hadn't. Um, so, you know, it's, it's been a little rough, but you know, wrestling's gotten way better over the past few weeks. So I'm feeling, I'm feeling a little bit, feel a bit, feeling a little bit better about that. Yeah, it's true. It, it has gotten better. Uh, we see a lot of live events. They're bringing fans back after, you know, a year of, of not having fans in attendance for the most part. Um, I saw something interesting last night, Porter, 
UFC just put on an event and they were down in, I want to say it was Houston, Texas. Mm-hmm. Over 17,000 people were there. And not Are we a sure it wasn't a Fozzie concert? I know, literally, right? I mean, you talk about a super <laughs> spreader event. I mean, I, I hope that doesn't happen, but common sense tells me there's no way that all 17,000 of those people were vaccinated and were in good health and what have you. It was just ridiculous. It was it was it was scary to see that. Um, well, here's the thing, though. It, you know, obviously, in my mind, it doesn't make sense to to have these large events. We joke about them, but it's really terrifying to have that many people, un, that many unmasked people in one one spot. But I give you an example: um, an event like the NBA Hall, excuse me, the Basketball Hall of Fame ceremony from this past weekend. A friend of mine got tickets to it, and they actually had to produce. Uh, you know, negative COVID tests or proofs that they had been vaccinated to be admitted uh, to purchase their tickets. So if you're running an event and you're, you know, you're using controls like that, this could work, but I highly doubt the UFC did all that. So uh, it's, it's actually quite terrifying. What you highly doubt that the company owned by a guy who, when the government told him that, you know, you got to cancel all live events, he just went out and rented an island to continue to have UFC events. You're telling me that you don't think that guy's <laughs> asking people for proof <laughs> that they're vaccinated? <laughs> yeah, Dana White essentially turned into Shang Tsung. He was trying to have Mortal Kombat. <laughs> could you could you could you imagine it? He's sitting there on the throne. Uh, you know, uh the Anderson Silva's about to uh kick somebody's head off and he just yells finish him. You know, I wouldn't put it past him because that's exactly who he is. Just a real piece of work. <laughs> and, you know, he's from our, our, our neck of the woods here. Dana White is oh, a, I know. a mass hole. And you can tell he is because yep. just the way that he does business and the way that he carries himself, the guy has very little regard for other people. And mm-hmm. that is very much the way that a lot of people from around these parts carry themselves. So there's no surprise <sighs> to me there. A hundred percent. Many, many years ago in my youth, uh, I worked at Home Depot. Dana White reminds me of every, uh, I can swear on this, right? I forget. Uh, every a- every asshole uh, white dude who came in Home Depot who was a contractor, he he just he's just fits that archetype. Yep. It's like, I know for a fact that this dude says the N-word all the time. He's probably calling me <laughs> in my head right now. You can just tell, you know? It, it, it may be more than your head. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure he's called you that outside your head too. You know, it, it just that's who he is. It, the guy is just a piece of work, man. I, I don't, I don't yeah. have any respect for him. Um, I'm a longtime UFC fan, and overall, I, I've appreciated the evolution of the sport. But I think a guy like Dana White, um, he just never ceases to let me down. Just from a, a humanistic mm-hmm. standpoint, I just mm-hmm. find him to be reprehensible in a lot of ways. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of hard to respect anybody who palled around with um, number forty five, you know. Yeah, and they yeah. they were a little bit too too buddy buddy for me. So exactly told me everything I needed to know about Dana White. And when you consider the amount of people of color who are mm-hmm. mixed martial arts practitioners, right? Um, some of the greatest of all time. I mean, you you know these are folks from Brazil and, and and all these different places around the world. It's a pretty diverse sport when it comes to the best of the best. That doesn't mean that these promoters mm-hmm. are always putting on diverse cards, but it's a pretty diverse sport overall. So to think yeah, that you can make money off of these folks, but yet you you support giving immigrants and everyone a hard time and, and you know, calling Mexicans rapists and drug dealers and, you know, all kinds of other crazy stuff. It just, I don't know. I, I detest people like that. I got to be honest. 
what was um Leonardo DiCaprio's character's name in Django? That's essentially Dana White. Yeah. I like, guess the Mand- yeah. Mandingo fights. Yeah. Calvin Candy, I think it was. Candy Ran- Sounds Candy about Land. Right. Sounds about right. <laughs> Dana White, if you're listening, yes, this is how I feel about you. Uh if you want to challenge me to a boxing match, that's okay. Yeah, I come from where you come from, brother, so I, I'm ready. Just say the word. Um <laughs> With full a wise man once said, I'd buy that for a dollar. I definitely would. Yes. <laughs> I don't know how long that would last or how entertaining that would be, but uh, you know what? I might, it, it might be worth a glance. So you never know. <laughs> you never know. You know, Porter, it's it's really something um, that makes me shake my head when I think about the past five years of doing this whole Duke Loves Wrestling brand. So mm-hmm. it goes hand in hand with our, our private Facebook group which came first, the Facebook group came first. And then I started doing the podcast not long after that. Uh, so it's actually the, the, the five year anniversary of that as well. But when I think about where this all started, you know, I was interviewing trainers and, and forgotten wrestlers, a lot of indie wrestlers that no one had ever heard about. Some that you'll never hear from again. I probably gave them their, their first and only interview because, uh, you know, some people don't stick around in the industry. The industry is tough, True. man. Not everybody can hang. But you said something to me a couple of weeks back that I thought was interesting. It wasn't the first time I heard it, but you were probably one of the first people to say it, and it really made me stop and think about it. So if you don't mind, I know you said this to me privately, and I'm going to bring it out. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm essentially uh, exposing you to the world. Uh-oh. Repeat, repeat what you said Do I have to keep my about- pants on? Yeah, well, I hope so. Jesus Christ, bro. it's not that kind of <laughs> sir. This is a Wendy's. Um, so, so repeat what you said to me about indie wrestlers coming on my show and 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 what you appreciate about that. It's one of those things where you you give so many people who obviously would never have the opportunity to have that platform a platform. Like I've learned so much about so many different wrestlers that I've never heard of. And, you know, uh, point of order, I- I've worked for WrestleZone for many years at this point. I'm a-, I'm a lifelong wrestling fan, love independent wrestling, know a lot about it. But some of the people that you have on your show, I they, they wrestle for small federations in-, in Timbuktu that no one's ever heard of. And you're giving them a platform so they can build their brand, which also in turn helps you build your brand and you grow together. And what happens is, as you know, hopefully, you know, we we wish everyone who comes on the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast the best in their career and in life. Um, as they grow, you grow. Um, it's a it's a symbiotic relationship in probably the best way possible. You know what I'm saying? And no. you know, you're not going to get this often, but I'm going to thank you for giving them the platform um, because, again, I've been exposed to so many things. Like, for example, I didn't know who Thunder Rosa was until she came on your show. And, you know, I thank you for exposing me to her first because she's literally one of my favorite wrestlers um, walking the face of the earth at this point. And I don't know that I would have that connection with her if I didn't hear her on your show. I appreciate that. You and I, we bust each other's chops. I mean, we've been friends since uh, kindergarten, so we can do that. But in all honesty, that's the point of, of of doing it. And I appreciate the fact that you recognize that because you're right. There's, these are a lot of folks where when they come on the show, they probably weren't. Somebody said something to me the other day. And I'm not going to say who, but he's an indie wrestler that I have a lot of time for. I think I sent you a clip of a move he just did recently where he picked a guy up. And yeah, I remember the neck breaker. The neck breaker. It looked like he was going to do one yeah. move and then he threw him up in the air and then turned it into a neck breaker. And it was incredible. Yeah, it was uh, a urinagi into a, a neck breaker. Yes, yes. And I was really impressed with that because for me, it was the first time I ever saw that move. 
And I'm thinking to myself, if you're strong enough to take a, a fully grown, huge guy and throw him up in the air from one position, catch him and land and do a move that we didn't even expect you to do. That's that's pretty damn strong. You know what I mean? But he said to me, he said, you know, Duke, I want to come on your show. You know, I, I'm doing the right things right now. Things are starting to really get rolling. I want to be able to come on your show when I can add something um, when I'm when I'm more well known and what have you. So that way I can actually bring something to you. And I had to say to him, I was like, bro, no. You come on my show as is so I can help you grow that name and be mm-hmm. somebody and what have you. And then you can just keep coming back at your leisure. You know what I mean? I, I'm sick and tired of everybody interviewing the same people all the time. Mm-hmm. I just I've grown to I can't stand it anymore because what's what's happening now is that everyone's asking the same ridiculous questions. Um, and I know that some wrestlers were talking about that recently. I don't know if you caught wind of this uh, Porter, over the past couple of weeks, but there's a movement where they're basically saying to podcasters, why don't you do your job? And start asking me some original questions and stop asking me, where did you train? How long you've been wrestling? Uh, you know, what's your favorite match? Like, who gives a damn about that stuff at this point, right? Mm -hmm. Why don't we get to a point where we actually put some effort into having a real conversation and providing some new information about these folks so it helps everybody, right? Mm -hmm. So for that reason, I, I legitimately welcome and seek out these independent wrestlers, like you said, who are, you know, literally from Timbuktu at times, who no one has ever heard of, or maybe you have heard of them, but that's it. You just heard of them. You don't really know much about who they are as a person. Um, you haven't connected with a reason to want to become a fan of theirs and follow them and be invested in them. You know, the, the, the Thunder Rosa uh, example is a great example because when I interviewed her, her biggest thing going at the time was that she was coming off of her Lucha Underground run Mm-hmm. And she was on Wild Superheroes. Like that was the biggest thing she was doing at the time. And now she legitimately is considered one of the top wrestlers in the world. And everyone loves her. When she has a signing, people are out the door, wrapped around the corner. Not like you, Joe Budden, where you're claiming that, but it's not true. This is actually real. People are actually out the door and wrapped around the corner for Thunder Rosa. Don't do that. Don't do I, that. I I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to sit here and allow you to slander Joe because Joe was right. <laughs> yeah, and, Joe and I can't, be- I can't, right. I can't, I can't believe you're taking this stance. But let's not even go there. Let's let, let's talk about thunder. That. You don't want to do- listen, Joe Budden. I- I'll have the boxing match with you as well because I, re- I've never been fond of you either. Anyway, my point is, um, you know, having her come on and through the years, really digging into who she is as a person and her story, which is a, it's a fascinating story. And how much she has given to others and continues to do that, even with her own promotion, Mission Pro Wrestling. Bro, that's what it's all about. You know what I mean? That's that's a great way to give back to the industry. So that is the goal going forward as well. I've actually I've cut back on mainstream wrestling content on this show in favor of even more independent wrestling content because I want to find the next Thunder Rosa. And I, I, I want to find the next, uh, the young professor, Matt Grafer. Here's a guy who really was just getting his 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 wheels uh, underneath him. And he was mm-hmm. trying to get his name out. And he started coming on the show. And every year he comes back and he says, man, 
I have grown so much from the previous year and a good reason why other than him putting in the hard work is because every time he comes on this show, he gets more and more visibility. So now right. he just signed a deal where he's going to be a the uh, broadcaster for a minor league baseball team. Oh, wow. Congrats. It's incredible. That's an incredible, yeah. incredible thing, which, you know, where do the major league broadcasters come from? They come from those minor league systems. So it's like, bro, his he just his entire life just changed. You know what I mean? And, and in the post, mm-hmm. he literally acknowledged Duke Loves Wrestling as being a key component to him getting his name out there, which has helped him capitalize. It got him the visibility he needed so people can say, oh, yeah, this guy's pretty good. But it starts with you, you got to get that kind of recognition. You got to get somebody who will take a chance on you and put a mic in front of you and say, hey, who are you? And why Why should we care about you? You know, 100%. that's 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 uh, that's the philosophy. And that's what we're going to keep doing here. So I appreciate you acknowledging that, Porter. Um, yeah, it takes a village. It really does. It really does. And we know that because the way that we've collaborated with each other through the years and have grown each other's brands through the years, same thing. Same exact, same exact thing. I think what you're doing with uh, Black Rabbit, which, you know, this is a, a pop culture website that gives perspective from black and brown folk on really key issues that are going on out there, whether we're talking about television, whether we're talking about everyday life, uh, pro wrestling, basketball, you name it. It's just a, it's a perspective that we don't hear enough from. So the fact that you actually had to go out there and create this platform and give other people an opportunity to express themselves in that manner and and let the world know, hey, this is me as a black woman, a black man, a black non-binary. This is how I feel about this topic. I mean, it's just it's 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 wonderful. It's just a beautiful thing, Porter. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, if you're in a position to create a space uh, to bring other people along, uh, I kind of feel like it's your duty to do so. Um, you know, uh, other than, you know, my closer friends like yourself and, you know, Old Man Wade, so forth, we don't get a lot of opp- we don't get a lot of help from outside sources, you know, and uh, the idea behind Black Rabbit is not a, just about giving, you know, people I know a platform. It's about giving everyone, um, you know, a platform. So that's really the really the, the idea behind that from the from the black perspective. Well, th- there's a lot of irony in that, too, because when you look at some of the people who've been featured on Black Rabbit and you look at where they are since they've been featured, it's the same concept. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They have they're in a much better position because of that feature than wherever they were before it. So yep. uh, same definitely concept. leads to other writing gigs. Uh, we're working on the the podcast network. Uh, which is is coming along pr- pretty well, uh, but yeah, you know, I think I think at the end of the day, uh, again, it, it's incumbent upon us to, to to help help those who look like us, you know. So, absolutely, and and elevate the voices, you know. That's that's it. Mm-hmm. Elevate the voices, mm-hmm. um, women. Absolutely, that is, that has always been a focus on your platform. It's a focus on my platform. I feel like there there are so many women in pro wrestling and sports and what have you who are brilliant and you know they just don't get the opportunity to share their take and i don't understand it i think it's it's garbage it's embarrassing that women have to fight so hard just to be heard you know Mm -hmm. so i make it a, a a mission 
and I make it a, a, a real serious thing that I hold myself accountable for, I got to have, if, if I go four straight shows without a woman's voice on there, I'm sick. It doesn't make any sense. It can't work that way, you know? And that's just yep. an arbitrary number. Maybe it's three, maybe it's two, whatever. But if you really take a look at Duke Loves Wrestling, especially the last couple of years, because remember when Wild Superheroes was around, I, I was interviewing damn near their whole roster. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Which was unusual. Nobody else had interviewed all of those women at one time and, and really did a, a series and a feature like that to that degree. But the whole purpose was I need to shine a light on women's wrestling. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what we should be doing. <laughs> so, and now look at us today where everybody has to have a women's wrestling division and they're making money hand over fist because they're featuring women more. Imagine that, right? Yeah. I mean, you you would think it would be a, a common sense thing to realize that there are segments to everything. And if you have something on your show that focuses on one of those segments, you will be able to make money off that segment. I don't, I don't understand why it took so long for organizations as a whole to, to recognize the value in women's wrestling. Porter, you, you're a content creator. I mean, you like, like we said, you, you own your own website that deals with media where you're, you're putting out articles and things of that nature. You just said that you're putting together a podcast network. You're putting the finishing touches on it. This is something that's been in the works for a while now, uh, mm-hmm. which is fantastic because you know what you're doing. Why do people think this stuff is so easy? And then why do they end up dropping out so quickly once they have to actually try it themselves? Because what happens is people only ever see the finished product. They only get to listen to the show with the funny guy with the with the the sound effects and, and and the cool concepts and topics. They don't know what goes into audio engineering and planning and equipment. Once they dive into it and see exactly the kind of effort you have to put into this to be even moderately successful at it, it scares them away. Um, and that goes for you know Joe Average guy who's sitting at home maybe listening to this right now, or your big you know, movie star who thinks that, oh, so-and-so is making money hand over fist with podcasts and I'm going to do it too. My my favorite is is wrestlers. So many wrestlers <laughs> who've come to me and said, oh yeah, I can do that. And, blah, blah, blah. and I say, okay, that's great. You should. And, and if they have questions, I answer them, what have you. I can't tell you how many wrestlers have started a podcast and they've stopped doing it within, within weeks. Like literally they've done maybe five, less than 10 episodes and then they quit because you know what? That's pretty damn hard. <laughs> and it's like, of course it is. <laughs> what do you think this is, man? You know what well, I mean? You know, the, the other side of it is people don't realize that they're not as interesting as they think they are. So there's that. So even you if you kind of sort of have the drive, <laughs> even if you sort of kind of have the drive, maybe you'll sit back and listen to yourself and go, okay, I don't think I'd listen to this. So, so maybe I should just, you know, uh, hang up my chops and walk away. Well, that's the thing. I mean, one of the first things that I realized from the beginning, and I, I was telling my bodyguard this, um, I said, listen, <laughs> I okay. can't I can't do this show with just my voice. Not in the beginning, because who the mm-hmm. hell, who am I that anyone would care what my opinion is anyway, right? You mm-hmm. got to establish yourself and you have to, you have to put in the work to get your name out there and your brand out there. And have something that people know when I go there, this is what I can expect. And this is why I would even listen to this person. And then from there, you end up becoming somebody that people can tolerate and listen to, even if it's just yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. But like you said, most people, they don't realize they're not that interesting, at least not on their own. How the hell are you going to carry an hour long show every week 
52 weeks a year and it's just you talking who can do that a psychopath <laughs> yeah i guess i guess because i sure as hell couldn't that's for nah. sure so where do we go from here porter i mean when you think about where you were five years ago when it comes to podcasting and, and, and writing covering pro wrestling clearly we're in a totally different space today and on, on you know my side of the block and, and your side of the block as far as our brands are concerned there's a lot that we've learned and, and a lot that we realize well maybe i didn't need x y and z before, like, like i thought i did before and maybe i you know what i mean or maybe i need a lot mm-hmm. more of of abc so where do we go from here where do you think the next five years are going to go in terms of content creation and, and how pro wrestling plays a part in that I think that there's going to be a bit of an explosion um, from the standpoint of uh, content focused towards uh, black or brown people. With the, if you look at the way that media has shifted uh, with shows like Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country and Watchmen and so forth, all of these large media uh, ma- major outlets are focused on producing content uh, focused on a, the underserved uh, black consumer wrestling is no different if you look at as 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 mainstream media was making that turn if you look at what the wwe was doing they kind of were following suit and i think that that's also going to lead to a boom in uh black and brown uh podcasting and content creation in general especially when it comes to wrestling as we see more african-american wrestlers featured in more prominent ways uh the the interest will boom and at that point, it will create even more lanes for people to co- create content based on that. So I, I think that the two things are very linked. If you look at look at the way things work in the past, as Hollywood moves, the WWE usually a little bit slowly slower moves as well. And regardless of what anybody wants to say, the WWE sets, sets the tone. Uh, every other company follows suit from there. Um, hopefully, AEW will will <laughs> will get to it uh, a little bit faster since they're supposed to be the shiny happy rainbows organization, but doesn't have any. Uh, pr- predominantly featured African-American talent, as near as I can tell. But uh, eventually at that point, I think we'll, we'll hit a boom um, within the next five years. You know, I agree. And, and I look forward to that because I can tell you just in the past five years from a podcasting standpoint, there are a tremendous amount of opportunities that did not exist before that certainly exists today. Because like you said, people are realizing, oh, um, diversity actually is profitable. <laughs> Imagine that. You know what I mean? Brands, big name brands, they, they're willing to invest because there was always this whole concept of, you know, the reason why we don't see more uh, black wrestlers who are prominent out there, who are champions or what have you, is because, you know, the, the, the fan base, they just don't feel that they won't buy into it. And the brands don't think that, that that'll sell. And, and, you know, then you turn that over even into podcasting and other types of content creation. Same thing. We just don't feel that that will sell. Uh, yeah. You're talking to two guys here who have proven that it, it can sell. And, mm-hmm. you know, the brands are definitely there. So you figure it out. You tell me what's what's what and who's who. Um, so, you know, I, I agree with you 100% on that. I want to I want to ask you one thing before I let you go here, Porter, because I know that you got a, a whole world to save over there. I have made it clear that when it comes to AEW and Impact Wrestling, because of the way that they have just completely soiled the wrestling industry and disrespected everybody, you know, Impact allowed themselves to get buried by AEW. Kenny Omega is their champion now. It just it, it makes no sense. It's embarrassing to see 
a company with over 20 years history just get buried like that in front of the world. Um, so I'm dialing back my coverage of them. And, and like I said, it's going to be a lot more indie coverage. And the last couple of weeks have proven that. I want to get your take on this this promo that Cody Rhodes just did recently, in which he, for lack of a better term, you know, he, he's I, I call these guys wokesters. I don't know if you remember the, the song uh, Wankster by 50 mm-hmm. Cent. Uh, mm-hmm. I call these guys wokesters. They they want to they want to benefit <laughs> from pretending to be forward thinking and woke, but they don't actually want to put in the legitimate work and put the legitimate skin in the game to be it. And you can tell just by the way that they talk about the most basic things. So this guy's doing a promo where it's supposed to be a, a pro America promo. And yet he finds a way to weave in the fact that he's going to have a biracial daughter and, you know, she's going to be white. She's going to be black. Shun neither. Porter, what the hell was Cody Rhodes talking about? Uh, Apparently, he has a dream today that his little both white and black daughter won't be shunned. I don't know. I, I'm still trying to figure out what the purpose of this was. Help me out here. Is he currently feuding with Ivan Koloff or something like that? Like, what if, What was the... How did we get here? I don't even remember a feud with British people in general. Look how long they've been our allies. So, <laughs> you're asking about Ivan Koloff. The guy he's, he's, uh, he's talking about is British. So this is a very like he must does Cody know something that we don't where we're we're in war with with uh, Great Britain and we just didn't know it what the hell's going I, on I, I I have no idea and okay so the 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 guy's British Cody comes out and why shoot why is he shoehorning in Brandy in the bait like is he running for office that's kind of what it. The, is that's kind of what it sounded like. Like he was, that, that was a, a political speech that he's going to give as he's a- announcing his candidacy for governor in whatever, you know, Southern state he comes from. Well, if he is, I don't think he's going to win because it was such a confusing promo <laughs> that like, I don't know, maybe I, I you know, I, I, I'm asking you, but I'm going to have to get some of our white friends on here to let us know. Cause th- maybe there's something that we just don't know. We don't get those memos. When are white people shunned? Well, if you're being technical, white people are generally shunned when they, you know, drive around with Confederate flags and support Donald Trump. I mean, that's the only white group of white folks I can think of being universally shunned by anyone. So are those are the people Cody's talking to? Kind of sounded no. like it. Yeah, I think you're onto something here. Maybe that's what it is. He doesn't want... The uh, white supremacists and the white nationalists, because that was a definitely a big nationalist uh, promo anyway. He doesn't want mm-hmm. them to be shunned okay? because he has because Cody has a biracial daughter. So that should absolve all of these Confederate flag waving <laughs> white nationalists. Do not shun them. Right. Is that what this is? Oh, Lord, help me. I, listen, all I know is that at the at the end of the day, it, as we're talking about it, it just seems like Trump telling the Proud Boys to stand back and stand tall or whatever whatever, whatever it was. I love you. <laughs> stand by. Cody has a dream today. I'll tell you, yes. boy. Yes. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. And like I said, they're wokesters. I'm going to get this wokester thing. To, I'm going to get that hashtag to trend because I think it's time for us to start calling these folks out and identify them as what they are. 
Um, I don't like people trying to benefit from something that is so real. And mm-hmm. when we talk about activism, humanity, decency, when we talk about speaking up on behalf of, of those who are marginalized, putting skin in the game and risking something that you have, your own reputation, your own business, what have you, to shine a light on inequity. I don't like people who try to profit and benefit off of those concepts, but they legitimately have nothing to do with those concepts. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, yeah. and and listen, I don't know Cody Rhodes from a hole in the wall. So I'm not going to sit here and say that this guy is not legitimately uh, someone who is sensitive to the, the, the plight of others. But what, what I will say is he's done a piss poor job of representing himself as somebody who was a legitimate ally. And that's just my mm-hmm. take. You know what I mean? And, and Porter, I don't know. what you, Share your take. What, what do you think about that? Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I never put too much stock in any of the posturing that uh, Cody or his wife happens to do on social media when it comes to these issues. Uh, I think we know, we've know we known enough about Cody before he got to this point to know that he's kind of a dipshit. Uh, just look at, I don't know if you remember this, but I believe Cody was once on a podcast with Xavier Woods. I forget whose podcast it was, but they especially sp- spent the entire podcast talking about how how terrible Cody was um, as a as a teenager. You know, moving into adulthood. That that told me all I really needed to know. Because as they were t- telling these stories, Cody was like, "Yeah, he was just laughing about it. There was no apology. He he tormented Xavier Woods when they were in high school. There was no apology. It was all it was all still a joke. That showed me all I needed to know about Cody as a person. So." You know, I remember that, and I think it started off on Colt Cabana's podcast. That's what it was. Yep. I think it was Cabana. Yep, it started there. And C- Cabana interviewed Cody. He interviewed Woods, who told the story of how Cody used to pick on him and essentially bully him because mm-hmm. um, they were rivals. They went to different high schools, so they were rivals in wrestling and stuff like that. They wrestled against each other in high school, for folks who didn't know this, Cody Rose and Xavier Woods. Uh, so Woods told the story to Cabana. Then Cody had an interview with Cabana where he admitted to a lot of this stuff, right? And he kind of laughed it off. And, and even in that interview, Cabana, you know, they had to clear the air because Cody was kind of a jerk to Cabana at one point too. And that was admitted. Um, and then eventually the, they got the two of those guys together, Woods and Cody, and they talked about everything. Um, so you're right. I mean, th- this is a person who has presented themselves as an elitist jerk. So... When you couple that into essentially bullying this black guy, I don't know. What do you call that? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah 100%. But, hey, uh, shun neither, okay? Shun neither. <laughs> Unless your name is Xavier Woods. Yeah. Or Austin Creed, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Only shun Austin Creed. Yes. In that case, yes, exactly. Shun the hell out of him because Cody says so. That's, <laughs> that's the way it is. Listen, Porter, you're somebody who um, – you know, from day one when I put this together, you were one of the first people that I reached out to. You've you've legitimately been one of my most frequent guests. I think you, Thunder Rosa, Big Vito, and Harry Burkett from Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Uh, mm-hmm. The four of you have been on the show more times than anybody else. And there's a good reason for that. I got a lot of regard and respect for all of you. You a lot less than the others because, you know, you're not as oh, big a deal as they are. Um, here you go. But, but you know, th- th- listen, I like to help people out. 
So <laughs> to to have a guy like yourself who who's probably not as cool as a Thunder Rosa or or uh, you know, oh, Big okay. Vigo. All right, hanging up. <laughs> Click. It's <laughs> all I can stand and I can't stand no more. You know, okay, Popeye. Uh, but no, seriously, though, Porter, I, I appreciate you, obviously, man. You always make yourself available, even at the last minute, to uh, come on the show and talk nonsense, which is always fun. Why don't you let everybody know? What's the best way that they can keep up with you? Because you got a million and one things going on. How do they stay in touch with uh, Lavelle Porter? Well, if they if they just want to uh, hear my my random musings on pro wrestling, I spend a lot of time on my personal Twitter, which is above average LLP um, at Twitter. Obviously, uh, if you want to follow Black Rabbit, you can do so. Uh, you can go directly to blackrabbit.com, uh, get the latest there. Uh, you could also go to our Black Rabbit Facebook page, which is just Black Rabbit at Facebook. The Twitter is uh, just Black Rabbit. That's spelled B L A Q U E R A B B I T. Com. Uh, you can also check out our latest podcast, uh, the Culture Comic Book News. Uh, the Twitter for that is Culture underscore Comic underscore N. And you can get that podcast uh, anyway. You can get po- get podcasts, uh, iTunes, Spotify, Spreaker. Uh, you name it, it's there. Lavelle Porter. I appreciate you supporting the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast the last five years, just like everybody else listening right now. Thank you for being part of this this wonderful. I'm going to use a word that people get you know a little touchy about. This wonderful movement is that still in? To say <laughs> things are a movement. I don't know. I don't think uh, so. I don't think so. Oh, okay. All right. So I, good. I'm going to bring it back. I, I appreciate mm-hmm. you being part of this movement, and I can't wait to see what the next five years uh, is going to bring. You know what? Thanks for having me. Congratulations on the five years. Um, I support Duke Loves Wrestling, more so the wrestling than Duke. Uh, but thanks for having me. You know, one day you're going to actually get the name of the show right. It's wrestling. The fact that you call it Duke <laughs> Loves Wrestling, that just lets me know. I didn't say I wrestling. I said wrestling. <laughs> yeah, I have an I accent, it. man. It's, it's an accent. Come on. You can't oh, yeah. Okay. Now you're making fun of my accent. You're telling me you don't want me at your house. Like, come on. What is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> come here for you and you're gonna treat me like that oh come on you're locked in look at what we have here folks to the only show that matters the cream of the crop duke loves wrestling and there is no one that does it better than your host i have come here to chew bubble gum and kick ass the duke and i'm all out of bubble Welcome to WrestleMania! This isn't one of those stupid trademarked slogans that you're going to get sued for saying. Well, like the get ready to rumble guy. My good friend uh, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, he would not sue here. me. He, he appreciates the fact that I will honor him by doing an impression like that. <sighs> honor him. Oh, you, really, you really scare me. Especially this time of year, you get that crazed look in your eye. I love it. WrestleMania. It Dude, just I can't take this it. This is this is the Super Bowl of wrestling. This is it. This is the granddaddy of them all. Okay. This is what we all uh, showed up for. Refresh my memory. In the uh in the 80s there is considered the best is it WrestleMania 3 considered like Yeah, Hogan versus Andre, sure. Right. Yeah. There's no reason that you should ever have to watch any other WrestleMania than that. Why? Because it peaked. No. Okay. They're putting out subpar product nowadays and you know it and I know it and the fans know it. Even the subhumans know it. And, and and they still eat this stuff up. Can you, for one time a year, be positive about the wrestling no. product? Just be positive. You know, how, you know how the Grinch steals Christmas? 
the bad boy steals WrestleMania. Okay. That's what I'm doing to you. To you only. You know, I hope everyone else enjoys themselves. I hope they're, if they're going, have a great time. If you're watching on TV, enjoy it. You, I hope your cable goes out. What you... Well, you don't deserve it, because you talk too much smack to me and other people. But what I'm going to do, Saturday and Sunday, mm. I'm going to go to the Popeyes. I'm going uh, to decide what I want when I get there, because I like to just... i got to feel it out. Mix, smells mix it up a little well, bit. Well, the huh? smells entice me. Sure, sure. Do I want the mashed potato? Do I want the fry? Maybe a little of both. I don't know. What I'm going to do is I'm going to get my meal on Sunday, get it all set up, yep. and I'm going to do anything else but watch WrestleMania. Oh, anything. Would you stop? I might go get a root canal. Come on. I might go watch uh, you know, Bob Ross's stop painting it. show. Stop it right now. Just, uh, you need to, you're, you're, you're too much with this stuff. You're too much. Dude, this as is William WrestleMania Shatner weekend. said, Get a life. This is WrestleMania weekend. This is the thing that we've been waiting for all this time. No, don't say we. You, you got are. a frog in your pocket? Yeah, no. It's we. It's, it's we. It's we. we. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. we. You're part of the family now, No, pal. please. All right? You're part of the wrestling family now. Jeez. That's what it is. You know, I, I don't know what to say to you yeah, anymore because whatever. it's just, it's gotten out of hand. You're yeah. a grown man and you, 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 you're like a little kid on Christmas with this. That's right. That's and right. And it's, it's, you know what it is? It's sad. Okay. It's sad. Up next, we have your... Uh, Ask Duke, folks. So we, you know, I, I got to get away from the Boston bad boy for a few moments here because he's really annoying me when he's trying to talk trash about our WrestleMania. Yeah, wait weekend. till we come back. This is former WWE superstar Al Snow and magician to the blind. You're listening to Duke Loves Wrestling. All right, Boston bad boy. Hopefully you got your act together now. Mm. What do you have for Ask Duke? Well, you know, you want to talk about WrestleMania? Let's That's talk, right. Let's talk about WrestleMania. Yes, please. So, one of the championship matches is between uh, Alexa Bliss, the champion, and Nia Jax, Alexa as you know. Bliss. Yes, my girl, Alexa mm, Bliss. Your I girl. keep saying she's the MVP. Yeah, well, you know, there's a lot of people saying a lot of other things about Alexa Bliss these days. Especially uh, today, it came up on the, uh, the, the Duke Loves Wrestling page, Duke's Wrestling Crew page. And uh, a lot of the ladies who are very active and vocal in our group brought up a very interesting oh, point. Boy, a very go. interesting point. Oh, because, my like I said earlier, uh, this is 2018. It's not uh, 1918. And uh, there seems to be a little bit of a problem going on here. And I want you to explain to our listeners, because you know exactly what I'm talking about. I can tell by the look on your face. You know exactly what I'm talking about with the controversy and this new storyline they got going between Alexa Bliss and Nia Jax. I don't know why you're bringing this up. All right, I'm going to I'm going to continue because you're you're hedging right no, now, I don't and know I don't want to hear this up. So, let's take a look at this. You got Alexa Bliss, tiny, five feet of fury. You got Nia Jax, an Amazon, big girl, athletic, but like comparatively, they're like it's like Abbott and Costello here. How do you make someone as physically imposing of a wrestler as Nia Jax? How do you make her the baby face? How do you make her the, you want the crowd to root against a tiny person? How do you do it? I could think of a few ways. How did the WWE choose to do it? I think it leaves a little bit less, to, a little bit to be desired. I want you to explain to, to the listeners if they, if they're not aware of this, which I'm sure they really are, but I want you to sweat it out while you explain to them what's going on here. All right, the current the path, story. The path they've chosen, the current storyline. The current storyline is. Uh, Alexa Bliss is making fun of Nia Jax's weight. And, you know, Alexa, she has uh, Mickey James with her, and, and that's the thing. They're doing like the Mean Girls thing. 
you know, where, where they're the popular girls in school and they're making fun of the girl who's different. Mm. Is that what they're doing? Making fun of the girl who's different? Yes. They're not referring to her and her blubber. All right. They're All not right. referring right. to her All right. and her fatness. Okay. They're not body shaming her at every turn. They're not doing that. Dude. Do you need me to pull up audio clips and, and play it back to you? Well, here, you friggin' Vince McMahon here's, apologist. Here's what I don't understand about you, Boston bad boy. You sit here all the time, mm. and you talk about how wrestling is fake and all this other mm. crap. It is. And now suddenly, you're going to take an issue with a storyline? Yeah. yeah, you know why? Because wrestling is fake, and they have enough time to come up with a proper storyline that makes sense in 2018. There's a million ways you could do this. A million ways you could say they could be taunting her, as wrestlers have done since time immemorial. You're an awful wrestler. You're a yeller. You're, you're a chicken. You can't, you can't face me. It's worked for 100 years. It's a tried and true formula. You can do that and talk about the person's skill. You can talk about the fact that they have no courage. To go after, to have women shaming other women in a television show that they know kids are the target audience, kids who are stupid, kids who have no idea, maybe, that it's fully scripted the way it is, and might think this is okay. This is how we should do this kind of thing. It's not that big of a deal. Normalizing it when there are people fighting so effing hard to get us out of the Stone Age with this stuff. And here you go again. You and your Vince McMahon and the, the idiot step uh, son-in-law. All of you. You have no effing clue. And it, call, and, it, and it took the people on the page to call it out, and I have to be their voice. I'm the voice of the people! Stop it. Stop. And listen, you're talking about all this women stuff, mm. women this, women that. They do the same style storylines with guys. Oh, get the hell out all of right? here. Get, Equal listen, opportunity, you know, pal. You know what you're okay? doing right now? This is whataboutism. This is what... Because you know what? They do do it with the guys, and it's wrong there, too, you nincompoop. It shouldn't be done. It shouldn't be done. Let's talk about the sport. Let's keep it about the sport because it does nothing. Because here's the thing. You and I are adults. We know it's a storyline and it's it's out there to get oohs and ahs and it's it's there to twist the knife a little bit. But who is the primary target? It's not you, even though you're a frightening adult who Stop watches it. this stuff. Stop it. This is meant for kids. Stop it. So tell me how this is okay. Tell me how there's no disclaimer on this. Tell me how we're even going down this road once again Vince McMahon picks the exact wrong thing to do, and once again, it's another nail in his coffin. Look, and the coffin of wrestling as an industry, because his company can't get out of its own effing way with this stuff. Nia Jax comes from, from a long lineage of uh, people who are in the pro wrestling business Absolutely. who've had many different storylines mm. and many different mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. This is an opportunity to get her over. Let me tell okay? you something. Let me tell you something. Nia Jax is related to whom? Another famous name. The Rock. The Rock. Highest paid actor in Hollywood. General sweetheart. America's sweetheart, really. Everybody loves this guy. Of course. Even non-wrestling fans. Sure. The, the Rock recently came out and talked about he had, has struggled with depression in the past. Yeah, which a lot of people took them by surprise to even hear that. And The Rock, who's probably, what, in his 40s now? Yeah. He's cut like a man. He's like a Greek god, which is hard to do when you get up to that age just because you got to keep up with it. The Rock has also said he was a chubby kid. He fought with the stuff. This guy, much like Nia Jax, who's like six foot, isn't she six foot tall? I mean, don't, don't we know that these people have struggled with this stuff? Or who knows what they're struggling with? 
Do you have to go to your job every day? I don't even know what you do for a living, to be honest. But do you have to go to your job every day? Professional, handsome man. Yeah. Do you have to go to your job every day and be put in a position where someone is needling you on your most sensitive issues and saying, you know what, it's just part of the job, deal with it. And you know what, professionally, you probably can for a while. But is it right? Is it right to make money on that? Is it right to promote that message that not just the person, you as the employee may be struggling with, but kids in the audience, people in the audience? Stupid. It's entertainment. It's lazy. It's entertainment. And what don't you understand? This is sports entertainment. It's It's not entertaining and it's not sport. Right, right now, because well, he's lost on two, on, McMahon's lost on two fronts. You know, and it just goes, it's a furthering the fact that Vince McMahon and company, especially when it comes to the females that they employ, they don't give an, a crap about what they have to go through, just like everything else. And, and I'm going to, there's something else that's going to illustrate this point, because I have a lot of informants in, you know, that, that people that send me little snippets of things to find interesting, and this is perfect. It came to light that Chris Jericho sent a text to Vince McMahon urging him to change the name of the Women's Battle Royale. Did you know this? Did you hear this story? Yeah. yeah. So here's how it goes. Jericho suggests to name it after Sherry Martell. And someone we know that was a hugely influential female wrestler. And Jericho says, we should name it the Sensational Invitational. Because that was Sherry Martell's nickname. That's a great name. You know what Vince McMahon's response to that was? To that text message from one of his... Big name guys, thanks. That's one word reply. One, T, he didn't even write the word out. THX. What's wrong with that? He's a prick. That's what's wrong oh with it. Oh my good. You know what? I got to get you off the air. Jesus. Mr. Tony Schiavone, and we're desperately out of time on Duke Love Wrestling. You can head over Facebook and Twitter, type in Duke Loves Wrestling, let me know what you think of the show. I got to get the Boston bad boy out of here before no, he yeah, gets us yanked. Before I, I expose you no. for the hack you are. No, don't talk yeah, about my about friend Vince McMahon, McMahon that way. Like, you're, you're, you're so rude, all right? You were no so rude.